No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to see you all there, as always. So much to get through, so little time. Tonight's recommended drink, cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast on DLive on a Wednesday night. The official, unofficial, officially unofficial DLive wine and crackers broadcast. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to tell me about your wine and cracker lifestyle, then you can do so by following us on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Ah, ah. Wednesday night. I like Wednesdays because I know that I'm not going to be doing a show tomorrow, so uh, I can, you know, have a little fun, just relax a little bit. But... I think I probably will do another Friday show this week just because I've got so much stuff and because I've got nothing to do. So if you want to join us, make sure you stick around Friday, 6 p.m. But before we get to fucking Friday, we're still on Wednesday here. What the hell am I talking about? Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So much to get through and so little time. Uh, tip of the hat to Why Censored and Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, who did a very fine program last night, eventually... <laughs> Eventually, after they got started, oh, OBS wasn't working. Zoom didn't work. Skype didn't work. That's how it rolls. That's how it rolls, babe. Got to got to roll with the punches. <laughs> but they did get a show out eventually. So thank you to Why Censored and Mr. America to be the truth for educating everybody about the Killdozer and just how important the Killdozer is and why you should love the Killdozer. Absolutely sensational. Give Kimmy a follow. Thank you, Kitty B, for putting the link in the chat. So much to get through, so little time. Yes, eventually. Uh, where shall we start? I am going to do a little bit of um, men in white coats tonight. I've got some fun developments in the world of robotics for you that I've been sitting on for the last couple of weeks that I want to bring you. And I've also got some stuff out of left field as well. But before we get into any of that, I feel like I need to bring you this very important story, this very important article. And... You know, here on this program, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we endorse um, celebrating aspects of aspects of the community, little groups in the community who don't get the recognition that they deserve, who can sometimes feel like their voice isn't being heard. We respect you. We love you. We want you to be part of the, the wider organization here at the Daily Boogie. So, of course, I am talking about the much maligned, the long-suffering LGBTQ community, ladies and gentlemen. Let me bring you this story. <clears throat> this is fun. This is a fun one. This goes into the box of you can't do anything right, which is probably one of my favourite boxes. A bus company rebranded its Pride bus to an NHS bus. The NHS, for those who aren't aware, in the UK, that's the National Health Service, I think it stands for, which is like Medicare, right? It's the quote-unquote free hospital's uh, which taxpayers pay for. 
The bus company rebranded its Pride bus to an NHS bus and it angered LGBT plus people and healthcare workers alike. <laughs> I understand. I, I know where the anger comes from. I get it. Um, I'm, to, I'm in total sympathy. You know why? Because I can understand why people having their symbolic things in society, their symbolic cultural icons replaced with somebody else's identity, I can understand why that would be infuriating to you. If you follow me, you know, when there are cultural icons in the world and his, with some kind of historical relevance to people or a group of people, and then another group of people comes along and says, we need to take that one away and replace it with ours. Ben K. Veritas, this is already the highlight of my 19-hour train ride. Well, thank you for joining us, Ben. Ben with a diamond. Thank you so much. So when a group of, in society has like some kind of cultural significant icon, some kind of historical icon, some kind of symbolism that they feel affinity towards, and then another group comes in and says, we're going to rip your one down and replace it with ours, I can understand why that would be very frustrating to not only you, the LGBT plus community, but other communities as well. Of course. And, you know, maybe some people, some horrible, horrible, nasty people out there on the internet, of which I am not one, of course, because I support you 100%. Uh, there would be some very nasty, bigoted people out there who might say something to the tune of, now you know how it feels. But I wouldn't be one of those people, of course, because I support you. I support you putting your symbolism, your iconography your, you know, your flags, your statues, your pedestals, your icons, and replacing other people's. But I don't want yours to be replaced. I think you're different. You're special. So, but I understand how it might feel to somebody to have that kind of treatment done to them. Nasty people would say it's come up and I wouldn't say that because I'm not a nasty person. I support you. LGBT plus people and frontline healthcare workers alike were left perplexed, one of my favourite words, after a British bus company rebranded its Pride bus into an NHS bus. I, I, why would you have a Pride bus in the first place? Just curious. Does it go faster? Is it more gay friendly? Are there benefits to riding the Pride bus that you wouldn't get on another bus? Do you feel better about yourself? Is this the public transport equivalent of putting a rainbow on your Facebook avatar? Maybe. I don't know. I've never ridden, a, I've never ridden on a Pride bus before. Thank you. Why well, sense it in the chat? Boogie is pure light and love. Exactly. <laughs> in, a in a cascading series of barbed jokes, satirical memes, and angered critiques, countless Twitter users hounded Plymouth City Bus for reappropriating the pride flag, and erasing the queer community. They erased the queer community. Interesting choice of words there from the uh, journalist at this article. Uh, the, the Plymouth City Bus Company erased the queer community. All of a sudden, uh, far right-wing, you know, those nasty people that I mentioned earlier, uh, all of a sudden, a whole community of internet users are now big fans of Plymouth City Bus. Turns out Plymouth City Bus has been able to do what they haven't been able to do 
is just erase a whole community, just like that, just by painting a bus. Who knew? <laughs> UK Neil with a diamond. Thank you for joining us. Follow UK Neil, by the way. UK Neil, dlive.tv slash UK Neil says, ah, there's your problem, Plymouth. <laughs> As one user joked, can't wait for the thank you NHS month in June. Oh, see? I understand where this frustration comes from because I I imagine for some people in society, it would be, how can we say this, a little asinine to appropriate a whole month to celebrating a particular group in society. You can see here, the LGBT plus people on Twitter are not very fond of the appropriation of the rainbow and they are mocking the idea that one day the NHS workers will have a whole month to celebrate being NHS workers, what it means to be NHS workers, having sympathy for NHS workers, celebrating NHS worker culture, and so on and so forth. <laughs> I can understand why that would be particularly frustrating. On Saturday morning, the mass transit company uploaded photographs to Twitter of a red double-decker bus splashed with the six-striped rainbow flag. On its side, the message, thank you, NHS and key workers, was printed. How dare they? How dare they appropriate queer culture for this kind of asinine endeavour? Rainbows have become synonymous with hope and the NHS during the current pandemics, uh, Plymouth City Bus wrote. So we thought what better way to show our thanks to our amazing NHS and key workers, otherwise known as heroes, you know, than to rebrand our pride bus to our rainbow NHS bus, isn't it? Doesn't it? Looks stunning. Wouldn't you love to see that rolling down the main street? What a picture. But the rebranded Plymouth City Bus vehicles were punctured by countless LGBT plus people who accused the company of erasure. Again, I didn't know it was so easy, apparently, to erase a whole community. It just involves painting a bus. And just like that, a whole bunch of people wearing Doc Martin boots, long black jackets with shaved heads and nipple rings started to get jobs at the paddle beaters and the spray painters just like that did you know did you know if we want to eliminate our enemies in society we just have to paint a bus i did not know that that's very convenient indeed as the coronavirus continues to paralyze britain and the world housebound families have encouraged children to doodle rainbows to hang in the windows to motivate medics on their way to work see this is getting out of control we all know that the rainbow belongs to a certain group of people and nobody else should be allowed to use it. Holy shit! Winning TV, dropping a guinea on us. Thank you so much. He says, why you no rock a windows? In a China, we rub a window. But see, this is obviously getting out of control. If you have little kids who are housebound, painting rainbows, putting them in the windows, you know, to try and spruce up the atmosphere, try to be, to try to bring some kind of positivity to the world, I can understand why LGBT plus people on Twitter would find this offensive. Hey, that's my rainbow. You can't use a rainbow. I use the rainbow. Who said that this little kid should be allowed to use a rainbow? Obviously, the kid is some kind of appropriating fucking bigot needs to be dealt with why aren't the police kicking their doors down dragging the children out of their homes who said you can paint this disgusting behavior but 
What now has emerged as an emblem of solidarity with frontline staffers has been increasingly mired by brazen rebrands of LGBT plus pride flags. They're rebranding our symbols, guys. Don't you hate that? Don't you hate that when you have a flag or some kind of symbol or some kind of icon and somebody else comes along and tries to make it their own? Or tries to replace your thing with their thing? Isn't that frustrating? Hmm. I understand. Rattling queer, flo- uh, queer folk who are already contending with the coronavirus pandemic's eradication of 2020's pride season. It's a season of pride. It's not a day of pride. It's not a month of pride. It's a, it's a season. There are rounds. It's a league of pride. Like I said, like I've, I've made the point on previous shows. It's it, these All of these days and these months and these seasons, they don't go far enough. If we're really committed to the cause, Black History Month should be Black History Year. Holocaust Remembrance Month should be Holocaust Remembrance Year. Pride Month should be Pride Year. And they should all start on January the 1st and end on December 31st. Every single year. If we're serious about changing lives, if we're serious about embracing communities. This, for mine, is the only way forward. Otherwise, we're just pretending. What, at the end of the month, I don't have to care about these issues anymore? What a horrible, horrible message to send to the children. It's almost as bad as children painting rainbows and putting them up in their windows, which is, of course, appropriation of gay culture. Nasty little bigots, I call them. From eBay merchants flogging thank you NHS flags that are literally, literally, literally just pride flags to anti-LGBT people and even world leaders refusing to associate rainbows with supporting workers, the bizarre collision of ways to spread hope to medics and the historic symbol, the historic symbol of the LGBT plus community, it's thousands of years old, the rainbow flag, is a rather unexpected one. I beg to differ because they're saying, having these various little competing groups and interest groups and lobbies uh, come to a head over something like a flag or something like who should get the most attention during a crisis, I don't think that's unexpected at all. In fact, I would go so far as to say that's completely expected and completely the point of fracturing people up into ever-increasingly small groups. The whole point is to have you fighting like chickens over scratch. The whole point is to have you fighting like two dogs over a piece of meat that's fallen off the table. The whole point is to have you fighting over the scraps while, you know, the manor owner uh, gets increasingly obese, feeding himself on your fury. But what would I know? Maybe it really is just about a flag. Noah considered it a sign from God. Aristotle grappled with its geometry and Dorothy sang about it soaring above. Apparently they were all homosexuals. I don't know if you know that or not, because the pride flag is a historic icon. So when Noah considered it a sign from God, he was obviously saying God loves gays. Of course, read your Bible. It's in there somewhere. The rainbow has had over the years more meaning and significant significations <coughs> tacked onto it than it contains colors. To Gilbert Baker, the rainbow was an enduring international symbol of the LBGT plus community, and this meaning has persevered ever since. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. People are very upset about the bus being rebranded, but hey, them's the brakes. What are you going to do? 
It's about time in this society we learn that some things like rainbows only belong to some people because we say so. And using a rainbow, for example, to celebrate some other part of society who feels underdone, well, that's just off limits. You're not allowed to do that. Monica with the diamond. Thank you for joining us, Monica, says the pride, the never-ending story, the never-ever-ending story. (laughs) After Noah, it's all theft, says Lady Fritzer in the chat. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Tell you what, we haven't done one of these for a while. And this used to be a staple on this show. And I feel I feel like being a little nostalgic since we're talking about history and icons and symbolism. So let's dip into the nostalgia file and do something that we haven't done for a few months. Let's have a go at this. The Weekly Stelter. Ah, I love those cheesy steel drums. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian is mad. Bri Bri is a little angry. Bri-Bri is a little hot under the collar. And you know, when Bri-Bri gets a little hot under the collar, the world listens. The world waits in anticipation. We need to see what is pushing Brian's buttons. We need to see what's causing that furrowed brow and those veins to pulsate in the side of his head. Let's have a look. Let's check in with Bri-Bri. Like I said, it's been a while. How you going, Bri-Bri? What do you got for us today? The president's rhetoric. Let's talk the about American the president's press rhetoric. Is stronger than any demagogue. But President Trump's attacks mm-hmm. present real challenges. Mm. For as long as I've been alive, for as long as... <sighs> I don't know if you heard that or not. He said, the, the American press is stronger than any demagogue. I'm not sure if I can go along with that. We've seen over the last, you know, five years, for example, that the American press is nowhere near as strong as they like to make out. Nowhere near as strong as they think they are. In fact, it can, it can be something as simple as having your press pass removed that could cause a tirade of angst and anguish, fear and loathing, gnashing of teeth and wailing. It can take one little comment on Twitter to have the entire, the entire institution of the American press collapse in on itself in a fit of kvetching and rage. So I'm not sure that they are, you know, stronger than any demagogue. But putting that to one side. As long as you've been alive, no leader of the free world has publicly spoken about the press no. the way Trump does. No. It is poison. Mm-mm. Calling news outlets the enemy of the people is a verbal form of poison. Verbal poison. <laughs> verbal poison. The, the thing I love about this the most is he's saying how dangerous somebody else's rhetoric is while referring to their rhetoric as verbal poison. (laughs) Because, you know, using hyperbolic rhetoric is, of course, the wrong thing to do. How do we illustrate that using hyperbolic rhetoric is the wrong thing to do? By using hyperbolic rhetoric, of course, you idiot. (laughs) You know, I have a real problem with the president calling the American press the enemy of the people. His rhetoric is dangerous, and it's akin to a verbal form of poison that's going to kill us all. Okay. And maybe it's just meant to distract us, but it yeah. still must be taken serious. So We've got to take it seriously. We've got to take it seriously, guys. So, if you've heard that before, mm. it's because every word I said, everything I just said is yep. three years old. What? I said it in front of this camera, in front of a million viewers, in February 2017. 
fuck, bro. <sighs> fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> Fucking mind fuck, bro. He already said it in 2016, man. <laughs> he said it before, now he's saying it again. Because it's the same thing as before. Did you fucking hear that, man? Oh, my God. Ah! What a mindfuck, man. <laughs> if you've already heard that before, it's because I said it right here, 2016. Like, it's some kind of great reveal of some kind of evidence or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's some kind of evidence that he's correct, that he said the same ridiculous thing three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's deja vu, all right. That was the very first time Trump called reporters the enemy. Right. And and nothing much has changed. Now, the root of the word news is new, but sometimes the mm. biggest news of all. Actually, the root of the word is news, but the original word for news was actually uh, Greek, I think, and they used the term tiding, which means, I think, from memory, uh, something new of value or something, no, some new information. I can't remember. But before the word news was used, the, the term tiding was used. So just a fun little fact for you. Is what hasn't changed. What is still happening. And when it comes to the president's war on truth. War on, the war on truth. We have to continue to pay attention to it, mm. even though it hasn't fundamentally changed. Good. <laughs> but some things have changed in three some years. Things Let's have what changed. Has. The more things change, the more they stay the same, Brian. It's changed. The president's words are still poison. This <laughs> His words are still poison. His words are poison, and my words are the cure. Because you've got to be careful with this, with all of this dangerous rhetoric flying around out there. You know what I mean? You've got to be vigilant. You cannot allow demagogues and horrible people to use hyperbolic inflammatory rhetoric. That's why this guy's words are fucking poison. Didn't you hear them? Poison. It will kill you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Poisonous rhetoric. Love it. I love it. But now the words are more potent. That's, it's, it's, it's like a fireman setting fire to the house and then saying, do you want me to put it out? Or, you know, I can put it out right now. It's, 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 like, uh, it's like a mafia standover racket, what the press does. You know, I have issues with the media. A long, long-standing feuds with the established media, the corporate press. Oh, you know, anybody who's watched this show for any amount of time knows that to be true. But it's like the, the game that they play here is, you know, throwing a brick through your shop window and then coming in and asking if you would like them to protect you from the people who, sh who throw bricks through your shop window. And if you, if you don't agree to go along with what they say, if you don't agree to go along with a the scam, then they'll keep hitting you. They'll keep throwing things through your window. They'll burn your shop down. And then they'll turn around and say, well, you should have listened to us. You should have done what we said. Right? Disgusting, poisonous, rhetoric, genocidal, hate-filled maniac. He's going to kill everyone. He's going to cause World War Three. Everyone's going to be eating each other like cannibals. Well, you know, that's not really fair. That's kind of that's kind of a mean thing to say. I think you guys are the enemy of the people. <gasps> oh, did you hear that? Did you hear the poisonous rhetoric coming out of Hitler? <laughs> right? 
Ring Hitler, the bell. Racist, get your disgusting. Cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub winning TV. Hitler, racist, disgusting, genocidal maniac, going to, going to bathe in the world's blood. He comes out and says, well, I don't agree. That's, that's enemy of the people stuff. And they say, well, see, now that's the poisonous rhetoric we've been talking about. <laughs> Anybody with two brain cells to rub together with a memory that expands longer than, you know, that goes back longer than the last 30 seconds or so will know that already. But that's the game. And if you don't go along with the game, what happens? Brian Stelter shows up and starts throwing bricks through your fucking shop window again. Potent. His fans are more loyal. He is intensifying a hate mm. movement against the media. And intensifying the hate movement against the media. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? What movement, Brian? Where is this movement? People already hated the media before Donald Trump even fucking arrived. That's the that's the that's another little myth that they never 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 correct. They're always constantly trying to portray the skepticism of the average person towards the established media as something that just happened when Donald Trump ran for office. Now, I've criticized Trump and stuff, you know. Uh, I get in, I I get fucking hate mail when I criticize Trump. And I get hate mail when I support him too much on whatever particular issue. So I'm done like fucking caring what people think anymore. But on this particular uh, topic, I've been pretty clear on this, right? <laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra. Thank you for joining us, Sandra. She's Georgie Porgy. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Georgie Porgy pudding and pie kissed the girls and made them cry. I know that one. So... Before Donald Trump even nominated to run for president, trust in the corporate media was at all-time recorded lows. Like, their polling was in single digits. All Donald Trump did was say what his supporters were already saying. He just repeat. He just says what people already say about the media. That's what they don't like. Because, you know, it should be enough that audiences matter, but they don't, right? But the fact that he says it, it gives legitimacy to what people already think about you, Brian. It gives legitimacy to what people already think about CNN, what they already think about MSNBC, what they already think about Fox News even. Because somebody with that platform is repeating what they think about you. That's the problem. That's what they can't allow to exist. So they can never admit that. Instead, they have to pretend that everybody loved CNN before Donald Trump showed up. It's all his fault. Why? Because he's the platform. He's the figurehead. He's the funnel where, you know, this frustration goes through. Thank you for joining us, Gypsy, with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Yeah, trying to ensure that people don't believe what reporters reveal about his leadership. His attacks are more frequent. They are more ferocious. More more frequent, more ferocious. It's fucking poison, I tell you. And they are more specific. Mm -hmm. And they are happening in the midst of a deadly pandemic. Ah. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> oh, this is this is the press conference, remember, where he called the reporter out for working for the Chinese government. At the presidential press conference, you remember. How how dare he? How dare he point out 
that somebody working for the Chinese government by proxy through a Chinese media outlet, how dare he mention that? (laughs) You're supposed to pretend like that doesn't happen. You're supposed to pretend like everything is on the level. Of course, pointing out these things is akin to verbal poison. Has shown a pattern over the past three years. Now it's we can pattern. say pretty confidently it's a pattern. It's a pattern of treating women and minority journalists differently. <laughs> Jim Acosta is a female, confirmed. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Take we always suspected it. His recent exchange with CBS News correspondent Weijia Zhang. I, I mean, come on, right? We know that Jim Acosta is the is the guy. He's the one who takes the brunt of the attacks. Acosta is the one who takes most of the abuse relentlessly. And he fucking, he wants it. He asks for it. He loves the attention. Oh, he treats women of color and it's, oh, it just never ends with these idiots. He treats women and minority reporters differently. Yes, he treats them a lot better than he treats fucking Jim Acosta. How about that? Jank. <laughs> We're going to get back to that in a moment. Oh, please. But there are some other examples this week that we have to call attention to. For example, yep. President Trump tweeting to the FCC, <laughs> which is an agency that his, is a part of his executive branch, yep. and saying that NBC's Chuck <clears throat> Todd must be fired because Todd's show ran a misleading video clip. Mm-hmm. Trump also... Show, we won't show the clip. We don't mention the clip. We'll mention the tweet, but not the clip. Don't show it. ...has been pushing a vile conspiracy theory. A v- vile conspiracy theory. You see, this is all editorializing. If we're talking about rhetoric, I've studied rhetoric. I know what he's doing. This, what that is a rhetorical, uh, you know, function that he's using there. By inserting the word "vile" in, you are now doing rhetoric, Brian. <laughs> See, we here at the press, we're only interested in bringing you the truth. That's why this vile rhetoric needs to be called out as verbal poison. No, no, Brian, that's rhetoric, you see. You could say you could say that it's a conspiracy theory, even that's borderline. I would just say theory. You know, because I would be being objective if I had that job. Of course, I wouldn't last in that job because they're not interested in people being objective. They're not interested in people being factual. They want rhetoric. NK Veritas with a diamond said he's just mashing raw potatoes now. Good luck. Good luck mashing raw potatoes. <laughs> Ear poisons. <laughs> About MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, implying that Scarborough is a murderer. <laughs> <coughs> I'm. If you've been watching this show long enough, you'll know that I'm not somebody who necessarily goes in for the 4D chess all the time argument. I don't think that that's true. I think sometimes he can be setting people up. Sometimes it's just fucking ass backwards luck. Uh, Sometimes it doesn't work at all. I think to say that everything that Donald Trump does is part of some fucking grand scheme, like he's a chess master or something, eh, I I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. There's been gaffes. And, you know, spinning the gaff into some kind of victory doesn't necessarily work for me. So whatever. People can believe what they want, whatever. But in cases like this, I'm not sure, again, that this is some kind of 4D chess move, but it's definitely on the case of the corporate press and the Brian Stelters. It's definitely a case of self-owning. You know why? Because in order to portray the president's tweets as some kind of insane rhetoric, they have to read what he said 
And if they read what he said, they're actually spreading what he said. And when they spread what he said, that means more people hear what he said. And so now you have Brian Stelter on the corporate press literally saying, literally referring to the theory that Joe Scarborough murdered his intern. That would have never have happened. (laughs) Because more often than not, the plan is to what? Don't mention it. Don't mention the theory. Don't talk about it. Don't even put... Don't put Joe Scarborough and murder in the same sentence. Don't have anything to do, right? But in an effort to try and own the president, they intend they unintentionally own themselves. Because now they're giving now they're giving a voice to the thing that they claim nobody should hear. It's ridiculous. They they still haven't figured out how this works. They still haven't figured out what they're doing here. (laughs) It's like the clip that we played of. Jake Tapper, describing what a conservative is. A conservative is a, is a man who likes to have watch a black man have sex with his white wife. That's what it means. That's what cuckold means. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Jake? You should not be saying this on your primetime corporate news, legitimate news show. You're just making it very easy for us now. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. And look, how the president acts at the White House, what he does on Twitter, how he treats reporters in the briefing room, has ripple effects far from Washington. Okay. Such as? what happened this week on Long Island. This was in Comac at a right-wing pro-Trump protest. Right-wing pro-Trump protest. Uh, There was a... Small business is essential. (laughs) Damn damn those right-wingers with their small businesses. Now, they're going to show more people and there's going to be people with, you know, Trump shirts on and stuff and Trump flags and shit and all that stuff. Fine. But when you introduce the story, like, again, this stuff isn't hard. When you introduce the story, don't have small business is essential on the screen because there's nothing Trump about that. Like, if anything, Trump hasn't done enough to support small businesses. Many people would argue. Many people would argue that the the actions of the Trump, you know, administration over the last three months have only helped, you know, you got Microsoft, you got Apple, you got Google, and you got Amazon. That spells MAGA to me. Right? It seems to be a lot of support for the Home Depots and the Walmarts and the Amazons and the Ubers and the big companies, the, the McDonald's, right? They seem to be getting all the help. And the small businesses seem to be getting fuck all. Richard Grady with a diamond says one in three liberals are just as dumb as the other two. I'm going to have to check that. St- I'm going to have to check those statistics, sir. I know. I look. I'll look it up on Snopes. <laughs> Snopes never lies. So if you're going to say pro right wing, uh, far right, what was it? Far right wing pro Donald Trump rally. Don't put this picture on the screen. Small business is essential because there's going to be a whole bunch of small business owners who are watching this, going, "Uh, what? Uh, is he saying we're right wingers now?" You know, liberals own small businesses too, by the way. Democrats own small businesses too. To just lump them in with, what, the far right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's insane. I don't, I don't know why they call us the enemy of the people. It's set up to uh, speak out against the lockdowns uh, that are happening in Long Island and elsewhere. Mm. So this is video taken by News 12. I, I don't know. Long Island, right? I don't know if he's aware or not. There, There is a few Democrats living in New York. 
in New York State. I don't know if he knows this or not. There seems to be Democrats living in New York, from what I can gather. Reporter Kevin Vesey. He was at the rally to cover the... Coffee Talk with uh, Sandra says, uh, with the diamond says, you are essential, Boogie. I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) I definitely do not endorse that comment. Trump protesters to give them attention and in return... Why said to Kimmy with the diamond says she's clearly a dark web edgelord. <laughs> Small business is essential. Did you hear that? She said round up the Jews. No, she didn't. Whatever. It's close enough. <laughs> you know who else likes small business, don't you? Hitler. <laughs> You know, one of the reasons Hitler came to power was because he was talking about all of these people in society who would not support German small businesses. Did you know that? Amberlita with the diver says, Boogie is essential for my sanity. Well, I'm going to work on that a little later on in the show. So. There were insults screamed at his face. Winning TV, who's from New York, says, New York is far right now. Woo! Woo! <laughs> who knew? Congratulations, Phil. You've just been, you've just been made a far right state. Yay! <laughs> the uber conservative far right nationalists of New York with these ridiculous ideas that small businesses are essential. How dare they? <laughs> UK Neil, did Brian get bullied at school? I assume most of them did in the press. I think most of them got bullied at school. Dog whistling all the same, says Lou on YouTube. He was heckled. Uh, at one point, it seemed like he was almost chased. Just take a look for yourself. <laughs> He was all, almost chased. How do you get almost chased? <laughs> There's no such thing as being almost chased. There's being chased and not chased. Like, there, there's no grey area. <laughs> you know, I was almost chased out of the football game. How was that? Well, you know, some guy took a couple of steps towards me and I ran off like a girl with my arms flailing over my head going, Aah! Did he actually chase you out of the stadium? No. He almost did, though. That was enough. It's, it's like attempted murder. Attempted chasing. I think you need to back away no, from No, I me, got sir. hydroxychloroquine. I'm fine. I'm <laughs> just standing here. This guy will not get away This guy will not get away from me. <laughs> Winning TV of the Diamond. All small businesses are now brown shirts. Correct. Repurpose your small business to, uh, to create more brown shirts. Look at this guy now. So this guy, a local news reporter, they are—they've all become fucking Laura Luma. Look at this. Back away no, from me, I got sir. hydroxychloroquine. I'm fine. I'm- they've all become Laura Luma. They're—they're they're walking into protests and filming it with a selfie stick, and then being chased out of there. Oh, I don't know. Everybody's attacking me. They're coming at me from all angles. This guy slashed my tires. I don't know. I don't get it. Leave me alone. What's happening here? Oh my god. Oh. Upload to YouTube. Intolerant right-wing extremists. Harass, innocent reporter. Boom. There's your fucking hashtag or, or many hashtags. So they've all turned into YouTubers now. Isn't it wonderful? I'm just standing here. This guy will not get away from me. He will not get away from me. There we go. <laughs> you. That's disgusting. <laughs> you are the enemy of the people. You are the Fake news is not essential. I, I, I have to be serious here. It's a serious point of contention. 
again, as like an outsider, let me be the referee here. Let me be the judge at the diving contest, okay? There is one aspect of protest where the right fails miserably, and that is the catchiness of the chants. Now, say what you will about left-wing protesters, and I've said a lot on this show as well, but what they do have in their favour is, more often than not, their chants are very catchy and very fun to, to sing and clap along with. You'll find yourself singing and clapping along with a left-wing chant, even if you don't believe in what they're saying. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Donald Trump has got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, no walls, no USA at all. Right? They've got a bit of rhythm to it. There's a bit of catchiness to it. But this here, this is, this is terrible. This is pathetic. Fake news is not essential. Fake news is not essential. It's not even in a 4-4 time. It's not even in a 4-4 beat. It's like a 4-5. It's very difficult to tap your toe to. If only it's true, no chant game. Thank you, Jennifer. See, Jennifer gets it, that we have no chant game on the right. <laughs> if, only you could, <clears throat> if only you could dig up a few musicians to write a few chants, then, then you'd be rocking. But for now, that part, that that whole uh, area of protest, the left versus right, that's lacking as far as I'm concerned. Lou Ferrigno in the chat. They act like Trump isn't in charge already. <laughs> exactly. And it went on and on and on. As reporters denounced this stuff when the video went viral, the president's Twitter feed lit up with support for the oh. protesters. Here's the thing. With these tweets, he's not just celebrating this behavior. He's not no. just saying they have a First Amendment right to protest, which they do. <laughs> Very nice save there, Brian. <laughs> He's not saying that they have a First Amendment right to do this. I'm sorry, what was that? I'm sorry, I'm just talking to my producer. Oh, oh, yes. Which they do, of course. <clears throat> As he crosses his fingers behind his back. Which they do. <laughs> They don't. They shouldn't. Fuck them. They shouldn't have it. Brian, you're still on, Mike. Which they do, of course, have a First Amendment right. I said it. I mean it. The president's encouraging confrontations with reporters. Ah. He's saying it's okay. Ah. He's saying it's patriotic. It's Trumpian ah. to confront local TV reporters. Yeah. To yell epithets while they are trying to work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they should be protected. Like... When local news reporters, for example, chase somebody down the street and accuse them of being a criminal and stick the camera in their face. What about, remember when CNN sent the guy over to the home of the person who was running the Facebook account during the 2016 election? Do you remember that? And harassed her on the front lawn of her own home. Do you remember that? Well, you're running a Facebook group. Did you know that there are Russians in there? Did you know that? Ambelina with the diamond says, lock her up. I think you mean Heil Hitler as we learned on Monday. Thank you, Salon. So remember, did you know that the Russians are Russians? You're doing fake news. Did you know that you're pushing fake news? Did you know that you're basically rigging the election? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know any goddamn Russians. <laughs> they had to harass her on the street. Remember when CNN threatened to dox the guy who came up with, who invented, who uh, made the meme, the wrestling meme of CNN. Do you remember? They said, if you do not renounce your behavior, if you do not denounce your behavior and agree to never, ever make another meme again, we will dox you. We will tell everybody who you are. We'll put your picture up on the fucking screen and we'll say, this is the guy who wants to kill all the journalists. Remember that? 
you know, people people think they have a right to say things to reporters. Oh, yes, you're, you're right, Brian. Reporters should be the only ones allowed to ask the questions. Nobody should be allowed to say anything to them. You're not allowed to speak unless spoken to. And you're only, you only should be saying the things that they want you to say so they can clip it all up nice and, nice and neatly and put it in their six o'clock news, right? That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it was for a long time. But have you noticed <clears throat> the element of fear is Ring no longer the bell there? and get your cheese, <clears throat> man. Thank you for the gifted sub winning TV. That's really what we're getting at here now. And this is really the issue that the Brian Stelters of the world, the CNNs have of the world, right? Is that the element of fear no longer exists with the corporate press, rightly or wrongly. You could say it's social media, you could say it's the internet, you could say it's a whole bunch of things. But for the longest time, everybody cowered to them. They were important. They they meant something. Everybody knew, don't upset the journalist because the journalist can write anything they want about you and there's nothing you can do. Like nobody's going to hear your response. Nobody's going to care what your response is. They can slander you. They can smear you. They can say whatever they damn well please about you and there's nothing you can do. So you have to grovel to them. You have to apologize. You have to go out of your way to make them feel welcome. You have to give them what they want. Otherwise, they're going to launch attacks onto you. But now people don't care anymore. They've been beaten over the head for so long, so repeatedly, that that now look at them. They, and now they're playing the clips on their own shows. That's the other thing too. They're showing everybody how little people care. They're trying to show this as if to say, look how dangerous this is. But <clears throat> the inverse of that is that it's also showing, look how little people care about us. Look how little respect people have for us. Yeah, Lou Frigno in the chat, exactly. No one respects the press anymore. I do give Trump a lot of credit there. Couldn't agree more. So instead, like they're trying to say, look how dangerous these people are. But what's also happening is the impression left on the audience is, look how little they care about us. Look how little they fear us. They don't fear us anymore. And they're playing the clips on their own show of people walking right up to the camera and just giving them the finger and saying, fuck you. <laughs> they're, not, they're not afraid of having their face on TV. They're not afraid of people you know, having that quote. They don't care. Fuck you. Fuck you, Brian Stelter. Fuck you, CNN. Bang, put that on your news report. See if I care. There's always metagame to this Ring stuff. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub. Winning TV, handing out the sub. J-Dub, good to see you again, brother. Act menacing in front of kids. That's where we are. This is the kind of stuff you see in autocracies, not democracies. Oh, you, no, you see it everywhere. <laughs> you see it everywhere now. In fact, that's such bullshit. You know how they keep saying, oh, this is the stuff that you see in a dictatorship. This is the stuff you see in an autocracy. No, no, that's a lie. That's a straight out lie. You know why? Um, <clears throat> look how many people protest the media in China. I'm waiting. How many anti-media protests do you see in dictatorships? How about North Korea? How about how many people are protesting the media in North Korea? Show me one protest. 
right? Don't let them get away with this fucking switcheroo. Don't let them get away with this lie. Oh, this is the kind of thing that happens in dictatorships. No, it's not. It's it's actually the exact opposite of that. You see, in dictatorships, the government and the media work in lockstep, right? In dictatorships, nobody's allowed to question the media because the media Ring is the, the mouthpiece of the get government. Your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, UK Neil. In dictatorships, the media pushes what the government wants people to know, what what gov- what the government wants people to hear. And they keep talking about the free press, the free press. Oh, he's attacking the free press. Yes, that's how you know it's a free press. If people are allowed to criticise it, that's a free press. You know when it stops being a free press? When people aren't allowed to criticise it. So it's a Jedi mind trick that the Brian Stelters of the world are trying to push on people. Well, you're not allowed to criticise us. We're the free press. No, no, no. That's exactly why we're allowed to criticise you. Because you are the free press. If you weren't the free press working in a kind of dictatorship-style scenario of media, we wouldn't be allowed to criticise you. We wouldn't be allowed to give you the finger. We wouldn't be allowed to tell you to go fuck yourself. Because we'd be rounded up and thrown in prison. So enough with this shit. Enough with this lie that they keep, that they keep spewing on people. It is objectively ridiculous and clearly false. Oh, this is what happens in dictatorships. No, Brian. No, it's not. It never has been. This is what happens when free people criticize a free press. What you want is exactly the opposite. You want dictatorship style. Citizen to press relationship where they can never criticize you. That's what you that's what you're asking for. Don't be in To steal a line from our Aussie chef yesterday, don't be a lazy fuckwit, okay? Winning TV with a diamond says, I'm raising the black flag of Boogie Stan now. Yes, long live Boogie Stan. Just ask yourself what you would say if you saw it in another country. We just did that. (laughs) And here's what makes this cycle so vicious. What makes this, this back and forth so vicious. The president lies, reporters pointed out. (laughs) See, this is the cycle. Now, of course, the president lies from time to time. He's the president. Politicians lie from time to time. But again, it's so dumbed down. See, sometimes he says things that are like a half truth, and that gets Ring reported as a whole get your lie. Cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, UK. Now, sometimes he says things which are true, which then get spun into, they say that it's a lie, like they manipulate it into a lie. Or they'll say the context of what he's talking about isn't factual. Like, sure, he may have made this statement, but because he used this particular word instead of that particular word, that makes it a lie now. It's ridiculous. Like, if you want to know the level of CNN fact-checking, I remember back in, like, 2016 during the campaign, I think I spoke about it on the show. Donald Trump said, uh, you know, one of the Hillary Clinton's employees, one of Hillary Clinton's staffers used, what's, is it bleach bit, right? And I forget... He didn't use bleach, though. He didn't use the term bleach bit. He used, like, acid acid washed or something like that. And then the fact checker said, no, that's wrong. They do, the, the, the program that they used to wipe the servers clean was bleach bit. You can't, you can't wash servers with what he's talking about. Like, that's the level of insanity, right? So, fine. And then that gets put up as Donald Trump, one of Donald Trump's thousands of lies. <laughs> 
So nobody cares about nuance anymore. He says the media hates him. But of course the media hates him. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's true. Of course they do. Anybody can see that. Don't be ridiculous, Brian. Come on, come on, Brian. Come on. But see, the cycle that he's giving you is Donald Trump lies and reporters pointed out. Never, never allowing for the fact ever that a reporter might be disingenuous or a reporter might get something wrong or a reporter, heaven forfend, might lie about something. That's, that's not part of the equation, you see. The journalists and the media are like the bastion of truth. They are heavenly. Rainbows shoot out of their ass, right? They can do no wrong. They are next to God. Anything bad that happens is always somebody else's fault. Then his supporters back him up. They excuse the lie. They defend their guy. They get even more alienated. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. From the media, they become convinced that reporters... You see, see? They become alienated from the media. No, no, no. They're just choosing not to watch you. <laughs> right? Do you see the difference here, Brian? Do you understand the difference here? They're not, they're not being alienated. <laughs> they're, they're not feeling like disenfranchised from the media. They fucking hate you. They don't want to. They don't want to watch what you do. They don't believe you. Reporters <clears throat> are the enemy, and this helps Trump. So he keeps keeps raising the volume, and then there's even more to criticize. <gasps> and on loud, and the shouting's even louder and louder on social media. And harassment and threats against reporters become constant. <laughs> and attacks against Trump, and on and on it goes. And on and on. It, it is goes. a vicious, vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. But basic decency is not and should never be partisan. It right. is not a Republican or Democratic idea. I agree. So let's look to Idaho for hope. Here we go. Brad Little. Here, here we go. He's the governor of Idaho. He's a Republican. Look at this. Brad Little is a Republican governor from Idaho. Look at what... This is, this is the whole point of this segment. This is what the press wants. This is what Brian Stelter wants. This is what Brian Stelter expects. This is what CNN expects of you. This is the behavior that you're supposed to display, right? When dealing with the press, this. And he tweeted an ode to the Ohio press corps on Saturday. <clears throat> he said, our local journalists have worked tirelessly through this pandemic to provide the public with up-to-date and accurate information. The governor said, thank you for keeping Idaho informed. Thank you, journalists. Thank you, press corps. Thank you so much. You are the best people. See, the, pr the press will not accept anything except lavishing praise upon them. They won't accept anything except groveling. They won't accept anything except saying how wonderful they are, how truthful they are, groveling at their feet, giving them awards, pats on the back, loving them publicly. That's the only thing they accept. Anything besides that, it's poison. It's toxic. It's it's disruptive. He hates unity. It's a war on truth. He hates us. He wants us to die, right? Everything besides just fawning, over-the-top fawning and apologizing and groveling can't be allowed. Ladies and gentlemen, the very sensitive... The very astute and the very upset Brian Stelter. That was The Weekly Stelter.
All right. Uh, let's cut to this. I'm not going to spend too much more time on this topic, but there was a couple of issues that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Press Secretary Kayleigh McInerney has been kicking ass. <laughs> exactly. Winning TV with a diamond. I want my accolades. Otherwise, you are Hitler. Uh, let's see this little piece from Kaylee. Oxychloroquine has been a drug that has been in use for 65 years um, for lupus, arthritis, and malaria. It has a very good safety profile, but um, it, as with any drug and as with any prescription, it should be given by a doctor to a patient in that context. So no one should be taking this without a prescription from their doctor. But that being said, I've seen a lot of apoplectic coverage of hydroxychloroquine. You had Jimmy Kimmel saying the president's, quote, trying to kill himself. by <laughs> Right. Speaking of poisonous rhetoric, right? Speaking of poisonous rhetoric, you know the poisonous rhetoric that comes out of the president, like things like the press is the enemy of the people, for example? You know that poisonous rhetoric that we hate, so that toxic poisonous rhetoric that we despise so much? UK Neil with a diamond. Uh, Kaylee is a hottie because I say so. <laughs> A lot of apoplectic coverage of hydroxychloroquine. You had Jimmy Kimmel saying the president's, quote, trying to kill himself by taking it. You had Joe Scarborough saying, quote, this will kill you. Neil Cavuto saying, what have you got to lose? Um, one thing you have to lose are, are lives. Um, and you had Chris Cuomo saying the president knows that hydroxychloroquine is not su supported by science. He knows it has been flagging, flagged by his own people. Gypsy in the chat says, I bet they have nothing negative to say about how she looks. I'll give them a chance. Don't, don't don't be so quick to like to run to that. I bet they will find something negative about how she looks. You know what they'll do? Like we're talking about the corporate press here. I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll make her uh, attractive appearance and into a negative. They'll say she thinks she's so beautiful, right? She acts this way because she has white, pretty white female privilege. So she thinks she's better than everyone, right? They'll say shit like, she puts so much time into her appearance. She's obviously very vain. Yeah, she's a bimbo, right? Blonde bimbo. It'll be stuff like that. She puts so much effort into how she looks because she's very vain and self-conscious and she has uh, self-image issues. It'll be shit like that. It, we're, look, we're talking, the people we're talking about here will always find a negative. They are the scummiest, most disgusting human beings on planet. They are hyenas. Picking, they are high. They are crows picking on the corpse of roadkill. People in the corporate press at that level, and you have to be like there are no good ones at that level in those press corps. They all, uh, they're all backstabbers in the office. They all steal stories from each other. They all, they all, um, you know, rope people up and throw people into the shit in the office in order to get ahead for themselves. Right? They're all scum. Each and every one of them. <laughs> People and he's using it. Um, well, well, yes, Becca with the dough. <clears throat> Very good pickup. Her cross is racist, right? She's trying to portray herself as being some kind of Christian, but in reality, she's just a blonde bimbo who puts in too much effort into how she looks because she has self-image issues. You know, you know, she's actually making it harder for, uh, you know, by portraying this image of beauty, she's making it harder for women of color. <laughs> they will say that. Oh, of course he would pick a white female who thinks she's attractive. She's making it harder for women of colour because racists have this idea of beauty that it has to be blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm, you know what I mean? They'll find, they'll find a way to attack it, her looks. Don't worry. 
Cuomo mocked the president for this. Um, and interestingly, I found this out just before coming here. Um, hydroxychloroquine, of course, is an FDA-approved medication with a long-proven track record for safety. And it turns out um, that Chris Cuomo took a, a less safe version um, of it called Quinine, which the FDA removed from the market in 2006 because of its serious side effects, including death. So really interesting to have that criticism of the president. And on that note to Chris Cuomo, I'd like to redirect him to his brother, the governor of New York. See, I don't think a lot of people... Um, knew what she was doing before this. She was already on like all of the panel shows with the lefties and stuff. She's quite used to this kind of combative thing back and forth. There's a whole ton of clips of her like on CNN and other stations where she's having little debates with people, you know, on panel shows and, you know, tearing people up, like sending them into fucking hissy fits from, you know, her smart assery and her little bitchy comments and shit. So she's quite She's, she's gone through the mill, so to speak. She's had the training. So this is no problem because now actually it's far easier for her probably because she can control the tempo instead of the host cutting her off, right? <clears throat> WWF Trump says blondes have more fun. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> New York, Governor Cuomo, um, who has several on-the-record statements about hydroxychloroquine, saying, I'm an optimist, I'm hopeful about the drug, and that's why we'll try it here in New York as soon as we get it. There has been anecdotal evidence that it's promising, that's why we're going ahead, and I have about eight other quotes from Governor Cuomo, should any of you have interest in that. Should any of you have any interest in that? (laughs) Now, the hydroxychloroquine stuff, so this report came out earlier today, so it's not something that I've spent a lot of time on. There's a reason, right? Um, it's because on both sides of this discussion, there are things that I really dislike. And again, we're dealing with, you know, all media now and all reporting of things and all commentary is now seen as warfare. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I do try to steer, I do try to stay out of that universe as much as possible now because I'm really sick of it. Like, I'm done with that stuff. So there's a reason why I haven't really spent a lot of time on this. It's because on both sides of the discussion, there are things said which I don't like. So for me, right, it's equally stupid. So when people on CNN and MSNBC come out and say, don't take this, it's going to kill you, that to me is a dumb thing to say. But it's equally dumb to call it like a COVID-19 miracle cure from what I can gather. Now, <clears throat> again, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I've, what I've, I've looked into it, right? And I've tried to get like the best possible idea of what we're dealing with here. And to my understanding, which is as best as I can give you, to my understanding, you could say it, it may help as a, as a kind of preventive measure in so much as if you start taking this during the early phase of having this particular infection, it can help to reduce the um, reduce the aggressiveness of some of the symptoms and uh, shorten recovery time. Okay, that's the best that I can see. Like the most reasonable thing that I can see. People, some some people say if you start taking it too late, it doesn't make any difference. Some people say if you just take it without having any symptoms at all, like what's the point? It's basically a placebo, right? So the best that I can see is if you start taking it at the very early signs of having the infection, it can make the symptoms less aggressive and it can shorten recovery time. But there's always more nuance than that. 
Have you tried bone broth, Kitty B, in a chat? <laughs> I actually did. I actually did out of curiosity order because there are two products that I really like from Alex Jones's store, which I haven't bought for ages because it's just so expensive to ship it here. But the the actually the sleep pills that he t- uh, touts, like they're not pills, but they're like um they're like a herbal uh, supplement to help people sleep. Because I don't know if, if you know the show, and I'm a, I'm an insomniac, so I sleep you know very little at the best of times. So I started, I thought, you know what? What have I got to fucking lose? I've tried sleeping pills. I've tried all of this other stuff. I'll get these things. They work. His sleep remedy actually works really well. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's all bullshit. That I can hand on heart, like I'm not fucking getting any money from Alex Jones or anything. I can tell you that the, um, I forget what it's called now, knockout. Yeah, it's knockout. Comes in a little white bottle. That stuff actually works. Hand on heart. So, and it's all herbal stuff. So there's with this hydroxychloroquine stuff, there's always nuance within that never gets reported because on one side, the agenda is to say that it's a miracle cure that uh, the media is lying to you about. And on the other side, their agenda is attack Donald Trump for everything that he says. So it's going to kill you, right? There's nobody's interested in the nuance. So look at this. Hydroxychloroquine trials set to begin at hospitals in Australia. Now, instantly when you see this, it becomes clear that the media line, right, that it's killing you, he's lying you, don't take it, you're going to die. Well, by that logic, that means that doctors in hospitals in Australia must be running trials to see how many people they can kill, right? (laughs) So just like that, the whole argument goes away. The whole argument blows up into thin air. Because they say, trust the doctors, listen to the doctors, listen to what the doctors are telling you hydroxychloroquine will kill you. And it's like, um, excuse me, sir, why are they running hydroxychloroquine uh, trials in hospitals in Australia? You know, it's doctors doing that, right? Are they trying to see how many people they can kill? Instantly, the whole mainstream media narrative goes up in smoke. But here's where they get you. It's always with the nuance. A medical institute in Australia will administer a trial at hospitals across the country to determine if the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine can prevent the spread of coronavirus. The Walter and Eliza Hall Institute of Medical Research is spearheading the study on frontline workers in an effort to find a preventative measure to stop the spread of the virus, right? Not a cure. Not a cure. Don't say it's a cure. That's wrong. (laughs) It may be a preventative thing in so much as, you know, shorten recovery time and make symptoms less aggressive. To call it a cure would be to disingenuous. The trial is focused on our frontline and allied healthcare workers who are at increased risk of infection due to repeated exposure, caring for sick patients. Our aim is to help people stay safe, well, and able to continue in their roles. A total of two and a quarter thousand workers from hospitals in Victoria, <coughs> pardon me, New South Wales and South Australia will participate in a study which will last four months Half of the participants will be given hydroxychloroquine, while the other half will receive a placebo. See, that's important in medicine, right? Like, I'm not a doctor, but I know that. So when I see people say, like, for example, oh, look, here's 60 people. We've we've given this drug to 60 people, and they all came out of uh, coronavirus fine. Great, but that doesn't really prove anything in isolation. You know why? Because there'd be thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have also come out of coronavirus who didn't take it. You see my point? There's thousands of people who didn't take hydroxychloroquine who didn't die of coronavirus who recovered. So saying 60 people here took it and recovered 
unless you're comparing it to a pool of somebody else, doesn't prove anything. Again, shit like that annoys me. The study takes place as other preventative measures such as vaccines are being tested. President Trump said on Monday that he's been taking uh, hydroxychloroquine to ward off the coronavirus. While some initial... He didn't say to ward off the coronavirus, though, did he? That's more editorialising. While some initial studies appeared to support the drug's benefits, others showed mixed results or even that it could be dangerous for people with certain conditions. Now, again, people aren't interested in nuance. Every medicine is dangerous for people with certain conditions. Fucking newsflash, right? So this is how the mainstream media, this is how the corporate media manipulates. They wrangle the truth so viciously that it doesn't resemble the truth anymore. But this is how you use the truth in order to spin into something else, in order to change it into something else. Yes, results would show, tests would show that hydroxychloroquine, when taken when the person has a particular condition or is taking some kind of other medicine, could it could kill them. Yes. As could any other medicine. If you take a certain cocktail of medicines and have a condition and take a fucking aspirin, it could kill you. We know this. That's why every time you go to the doctor, before they prescribe something, they ask you, do you have any conditions? Are you taking any other medication? That's, that's literally why they ask you that. Before they give you this script, they need to know what else you're taking. Do you have any problems? Do you have any allergies? Literally every single time for every medicine. This is true. It's not just true about hydroxychloroquine. It's true about all of the medicines. The Veterans Health Administration study examined more than 300 COVID-19 patients and concluded the drug could be dangerous and even lethal. (laughs) Again, all drugs can be dangerous and lethal. All of them. If taken incorrectly, if taken in the wrong mix with something else, if taken if you have some kind of pre-existing condition, every single medicine can be deadly, can be lethal, if a certain set of conditions already exist when you take it. Lies by omission. All drugs, yes, over-the-counter drugs as well. So this is why I never really got involved in the whole hydroxychloroquine debate, because for me, it's there's too much there's too much dumb commentary on both sides, and it's just a minefield trying to get like basic, you know, reality level discussion about it. Because if I say that it can be dangerous if taken incorrectly or with the wrong medicine, somebody will accuse me of pushing corporate media propaganda. If I say that in some cases it can potentially uh, shorten the lifespan of the virus and make recovery quicker, then somebody will say, well, I'm pushing Donald Trump propaganda. And it's that level of stupid that I just can't do anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to have those discussions anymore because they are too dumb. And you know, if you've got if you've got an agenda, if you've got a line that you need to push, all the more power to you. But I just don't. I'm not playing. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, be wary of the whole hydroxychloroquine fucking discussion. 
if you're going to go out there and say it's a miracle cure, I'm going to laugh. If you're going to go out there and say that it's going to kill you if you take it, I'm going to laugh at you too. Because both, to me, are equally stupid. But maybe I'm the moron here. Who knows? Um, we're going to take a quick five-minute break. I've got some fun stuff for you after the break. That first segment went a little long. Might have to run a little bit over tonight. Um, but I'll be back in five. Stick around. Much more of The Daily Boogie coming up. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you in a few. Your novelty comedy songs, organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week. So check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Really giving that one a workout? Come on. <laughs> Dlive.tv slash JJ Stover. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. But don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do that. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Oh, uh, come on. You secretly love it. 
No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that difficult. Hey Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by The Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumble for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go. To watch old things All the warm fuzzy member berries it brings It's a special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie Can't be old movies and old cartoons We hope to see you over there very soon It's a special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie when we were kids and there wasn't any school what? We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons ah. Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot Tucked away on delight Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. This Justin, the global official that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say. And people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie puppet tonight. 
No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. We're coming back. Thank you for sticking around, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Second half of the show here. The Daily Boogie Podcast on a Wednesday night. The Wine and Crackers broadcast here on D-Live. Just remember, um, what? Uh, probably coming back on a Friday night show. So 6pm Friday night, we'll be back. No show for me for tomorrow. Thursday night is my boogie time. Thursday night for me is boogie day. That's when Boogie doesn't do anything except uh, lay around, uh, get falling over drunk, cook meat on the barbecue, do family things. Uh, it's the day when my wife is like, oh, okay, okay, great. You're not doing a show today. We can hang out and we can do stuff together. I'm like, yep, as long as we're just staying at home, cooking barbecues and drinking beer. <laughs> I've probably got other things to do, some kind of chore or something that I'm going to have to put off and pretend that I'm going to do it and then not do it. But, you know, these these things come with being an adult, of course. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. So much to get through. Might have to go a little overtime tonight. We'll see how we go. Because I do have a couple of items that I want to get to. And I, I have fun stuff. No Nightwave tonight, unfortunately. Yeah, he's taking a Wednesday off. You bludger. You bloody bludgeon bastard, Mersh. The hell am I going to do later on today, huh? Huh? Did you think about me when you decided to take a day off, you son of a bitch? <laughs> I tell you, these these content creators out there, these content creators that I've come to uh, enjoy really are, they really are the epitome of selfishness. I mean, they spend, what, four hours a day putting out free shows. Oh, pardon me. Fascist Hippie, thank you for the diamond, says, finally saved up enough to donate a diamond. Thanks, mate. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, these content creators who, you know, in many cases, myself, like I, I do I do a full-time job. I do this like outside of my full-time job, but not even a, the guys who like do full-time, like four hours a day, you know, guys like Mersh, for example, they really are the epitome of selfish, horrible people. Fucking Mersh, how dare he? Exactly. Reading TV with a diamond. Thank you, sir. How dare he take a night off? Because... You, you put out four hours of free content a day that people enjoy by the thousands. And, you know, like, you think that that's enough. <laughs> How dare you? How fucking dare you? And so you get us all hooked. We, we love watching the shows and stuff. You put it out there for nothing. Nobody has an obligation to, like, pay for it or contribute or anything like that. And then the guy just up and decides he's going to decide out of the fucking blue to take a night off? It's unacceptable. <laughs> Thank you for the Iceman with the diamond. Thank you so much. Follow the Iceman, by the way, Rusty, with his great show, Sound Test, which happens at random times. I don't know when it's on, but when it's on, it's on. So follow Rusty. He says, uh, Boogie and the Fam Rock, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the diamond. So, yeah, he's just going to decide out of the fucking blue to take a night off. Isn't that good enough, man? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Exactly. So let's get back into it, shall we, on this edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I've had this one for a couple of weeks. I don't even know if it's still relevant or not because, like I said, my archive just keeps filling up. And I take a few things out. Like tonight, for example, I had my first hour. I don't really plan a show, but I'm trying to count on my – See, I have two monitors here. One, well, I have more than two, 
but the two I use for the stuff that I put on the screen, one is for articles and one is for YouTube clips. And I crop out the image, like crop out the window so it fits nice and tight. And then I don't have to look for YouTube clips in amongst all the articles. So I keep them separate. So I'm looking at my YouTube tabs and there's a bunch of them and I'm looking at my article tabs and there's got to be like 30. And then on top of that, I have a separate file that's not preloaded where like I keep URLs for to go back to and I don't know how many are in there. It's got to be like 100. And it just keeps getting more and more and more and more and more. Because if I don't use it, I put it away just in case it might be relevant later on. <laughs> So I had like, you know, I thought, well, I can probably go through like eight or nine of these articles in the first hour. It never works out that way, though. I think we did three things and I looked down at the at the time and it was already an hour and 10 minutes. I'm like, fuck, because I'm such a gas bag, such a windbag. So in the future, if you're sick of me, um, you know, talking as much as I do and you'd rather me go through more things, then let me know. And I'll promptly tell you to go fuck yourself. No, I won't do that. I'm a nice guy. Come on. I don't say that to people. I don't do those kinds of things. <laughs> Fascist Dippy, you must have the fastest internet in Oz. I can barely watch this on DLive. Well, that's where you're wrong. I'm actually broadcasting from Tel Aviv. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm just being told. Don't. I oh, know. Okay. Correction. I'm not broadcasting from Tel Aviv. <laughs> Vice Sensor Kimmy with the diamond says, time flies when you won't shut the fuck up. Couldn't agree more. All right, so let's, with that in mind, let's get to our next item here. I've had this for a couple of weeks and I've been wanting to get to it because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, but I don't even know if it's relevant anymore. So put it back. Let's, let's all go in the time machine. We'll go back a couple of weeks to when this video came out and let's just pretend like Todd pretending to make a pizza. Let's pretend like it's a couple of weeks ago. So all of the things that have happened in the last couple of weeks have not happened, okay? This, ladies and gentlemen, is a fine example of the limits of pure uh, idealistic belief. What do I mean by that? We have so many people in society now who are naturally averse to pragmatic solutions, right? Now, I'm a pretty pragmatic guy. I'm a pretty rational guy, reasonable, logical kind of person. If something's logically possible to do, then I'll investigate it, right? But if you are somebody who deals in ideals, you're an idealistic person, there's naturally going to be friction between you and I because I'm going to be the person that says, well, that's impossible. We can't do that because of these reasons. And you're going to be like, no, no, but just believe in it. You just have to believe in this thing and then it will come true. I'm like, no, well, that's really not how reality works. You know, my believing in your thing isn't necessarily going to make it fucking happen. What's going to make it happen is if we do this, we do this, we do this, we do this. I'm one of those kinds of guys. So where, where this has been best, you know, exemplified over the last little period of time that we've been on this floating rock together has been in the world of environmental activism. Things like, for example, there needs to be 100% renewable energy sources. So I've dealt with this for like 10 years in different writing and stuff and little debates and shit. So with the environmental lobby here in Australia, they want 100% renewable energy sources. And they, they point to the middle of Australia being like this big sunny area. And they're like, we can just put uh, solar panels all through the middle of Australia. 
and that will fire, like that'll keep Australia going energy-wise. And I'm like, well, okay. So the first uh, problem with this is, you know, a lot of these environmentalists also talk about uh, Aboriginal sovereignty. So we shouldn't interrupt Aboriginal land. We shouldn't put anything on Aboriginal land. I'm like, who the fuck do you think owns all the land in the middle of Australia there? You know, do you think that the tribes in the middle of Australia might have a problem with you uh, coming in with the fucking bulldozers and the cement mixers and, you know, building these solar panel farms, for example? Do you think that might be an issue? But putting that to one side, electricity loses its power the further it has to travel, right? That's like a, it's a scientific fact. The further that electricity has to go, the less powerful it is, like the weaker the current is. So. They want to put all of these solar panels in the middle of Australia to power Australia. Great, great idea. 95, 95% of the Australian population lives within a few miles of the coastline all the way around the coast. You know why? Because living in the middle of Australia is fucking very difficult. Nobody wants to do it. So by the time you could build like you could build a, a solar panel farm the size of New York City in the middle of Australia. By the time the current got to the coast where all of the millions of people live, it wouldn't be enough to light a bedside lamp. Oh. So that's the limits of idealistic belief versus like pragmatic solutions. A fine example. So I was very humored to find this particular piece on YouTube from a California news, uh, KTLA5. Because, you know... In California, many things have made the news <clears throat> over the last couple of weeks, uh, couple of weeks, couple of years in regards to environmental activism. We've got to ban plastic bags. We've got to ban plastic straws, right? So I thought this was very funny. This just played as like one of the next things in my list. Have a look at this. So we have about <clears throat> come on. Ten minutes before uh, we hear from Mayor Eric Garcetti, who's going to deliver his nightly address to Los Angeles. But before we get to that, I did want an update people because this this conversation has been going around about bringing the reusable bags having to desanitize sanitize the reusable bags and then should we even be using them anymore but i don't want to have to pay for that here's the thing californians will not have to pay 10 cents for plastic grocery bags anymore <laughs> what why i thought we were saving the earth here I thought the whole point of this was to save the world, right? Um, are you saying that there's no plastic bag ban anymore? Are you saying that there's not going to be a tax, a fee for using a plastic bag? Why would that be the case? Don't you believe in saving the earth? Don't, don't you believe in the idealistic future of a green future? What the hell is wrong with you? Are you are you taking money from big oil? Are you taking money from the pollutants in our world? Uh, what the hell is going on here? You want to hear it again? <laughs> you want to hear it again from the pretty girl on the news? <laughs> the pretty hippie on the news? I sanitize the reusable bags. And then should we even be using them anymore? But I don't want to have to pay for that. Here's the thing. Californians will not have to pay 10 cents for plastic grocery bags anymore. <laughs> Good. Good, California. Good. 
Let the hate flow through you. Come to the dark side of the fork. Exactly. Winning TV in the chat. They are denying science. <laughs> you can get free plastic now. Excellent. It seems like all of this talk about saving the earth only lasts so long as, I don't know, people have money to do it. <laughs> you know, all of these, you know, all of these crazy anti-environmentalist people who are out there saying that these ideas are unsustainable because as costs go up, people are less likely to support all of these little idealistic little pushes and little activist drives and stuff. You know, if people can't afford to do it, then they're less likely to do it. Ah, don't be silly. Everybody believes in saving the earth until, of course, they have to pay 10 cents during a crisis where they're not making money. The state's ban on plastic bags. It, it seems like people not making money is the precursor for their level of interest when it comes to environmental activism. Maybe that explains why the bulk of environmental activists are not, in fact, poor people living in rural communities, but are indeed wealthy upper middle class university students living in big cities like New York. Who would have fucking thought? It's the upper middle class white privileged people in living in the fine suburbs of LA who are the most uh, idealistic when it comes to saving the earth. And the poor people who live in the poor communities actually just want to make money. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. In that case, can you double bag the milk, please? Yes. Give me two. I want a bag of bags. Holy shit! Holy shit! Becca dropping the guinea on us. Thank you so much. Very generous. Says plastic is racist. Of course, everything is racist. Everything is racist. Plastic is racist. Everything is racist. If if plastic is racist, then I suspect at least 30% of this girl must be also racist. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sweetheart, you were saying? ...is suspended amid the coronavirus outbreak. Lauren Lister has more. Give us more. Good job on the live cross. <laughs> oh, again, these people are professionals. It's not their fault. Are we going to turn the mic on any time at any point here, or? <laughs> Lauren Lister has more. I'm standing out the front here of a car yard in a car park, and we're going to talk about plastic. You know, my child came home from school the other day and said, Mommy, why are we spending 10 cents per bag on plastic bags when the earth is still dying and you're not making as much money? You know, I was talking to the guy who works in the production van, and he said he hasn't gotten a paycheck for like two weeks, so he doesn't even fucking care about the news anymore. He said he put out a memo saying he was going to sabotage the whole fucking news report. He said that he wasn't even going to put the audio to the air, but I told him, of course, that was a stupid thing to do. And he doesn't have the balls to do something like that on our news station. He's he said that he'll get another job working for Fox News and everything's going to be great. But of course, he's such an idiot. He's not going to get a job at Fox News. You don't have the guts to fuck up my live cross. You don't have the guts to do it. <sighs> Thanks for watching local internet. You're watching KTLA 5 live with KTLA Sam and Just Rob. 
Andy KTLA. Okay. Hey, we got sound again. Oh, just for a second. <laughs> Girl, you a <were> nine. <laughs> they go to that Ralph's all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you know why they're always? That's the Coldwater and Ventura Boulevard Ralphs. I don't know why. It's kind of got a cool. Yes, Winning TV. They ran a whole segment with no sound. And it looks to me like the host, Samantha Cortese, she knows that it went out with no sound. But she's doing the thing. So when I, little insight here. <clears throat> when myself and Greeno started in radio, when we were like first learning, so we went down there. We had to learn like all of the ACMA guidelines, which is like all of the things that you can and can't say on radio. Here's how you work the boards. This is how the commercials work. These are the, like you get a printout. Here's the commercials that you need to play during your, your show, so on and so forth. And there was, a, there was a bit of this training before we actually went on the air. And the first thing that they told us was, if something goes wrong on air, never ever address it. Like don't mention it, just keep going. If something doesn't work, you have to pretend like it doesn't work. And of course, we always broke that rule. <laughs> on Deliberately. So we would constantly talk about all of the stuff in the studio that doesn't work. Well, we'd like to do this, but unfortunately the button doesn't work. So whatever, let's do something else. Well, we'd, we'd like to do a professional show here, but it seems the gear is letting us down because they haven't updated the gear in the studio for so long. It's got fucking cobwebs on it, you know, blah, 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 blah. Turn into a gag. It's like, you really shouldn't, you really shouldn't talk about like the things that don't work. And it's like, well, why should I, why should I look like the idiot here when the, when the equipment is to blame? Why should I be the one that's fucking holding the bag at the end of it? You know what I mean? I, I don't know why the station uh, didn't, want, didn't want us in the end. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess, I guess they were afraid of our truth. Fuck them. All right. Where were we? In front of it looks neat. I don't know. I think it's because they can stand on public property and still have the enough space to have it in the foreground. As but. opposed to going to like. Like there are yeah. other. Like, this is a top quality fucking broadcast. Uh, thank you very much for that. The, I, I wish I had watched more than the first 20 seconds because we may have got something more out of that, but apparently not. <laughs> okay. Let's do this one. Just to end on a high note, uh, we played the clip last week, ladies and gentlemen, of the head of the health department or for a particular California county, I can't remember which one, where they said during coronavirus, like, so that what they've done is they've created a government department that's going to monitor like social distancing, right? And they're going to do, they're going to monitor contact tracing. <clears throat> and Within the purview of this department, they have granted themselves the right, apparently, to go into people's homes, assess their living conditions, and if you're living with somebody who has been identified as carrying coronavirus, they will be able to remove that person or you from that home. They will forcibly remove you from your own home. We played the clip of the bureaucrats saying this, and of course, there's so many people who are like, oh, that'll never happen here. That's ridiculous. That's rid that'll never happen. Blah, 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 blah. Because the president tweeted out, open the economy, liberate the economy, that therefore these bureaucrats cease to exist for some reason. Some people believe that stuff, but whatever. Um, 
So this little clip was doing the rounds the other day. Imagine my shock. <laughs> this clip was doing the rounds the other day. Let's have a little listen. I wish I had the full clip of this because I would like more context. But the limitations of Twitter video, you know, you can only do two minutes and 20 seconds from memory. So, you know, it's obviously a little bit difficult, but I wish I could find the full clip of this particular press conference so I could see more. But this is all we've got for now. So let's have a little listen here. Um, <clears throat> government health employees, ladies and gentlemen, bureaucrats, public servants. Remember, remember our golden rule here on this show. Never, ever go up to a bureaucrat or a department, a government department, and say to them, can you please write a whole bunch of rules and regulations for people and how they live their lives? Because that's exactly what they're going to do. It'll be thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of shit that you'll have to sift through. So never give them that, never give them that responsibility because that's what they live to do. It says, as a participant, and the name is blocked off, but it was sent to a private citizen as a participant of assistance benefits, including cash aid, uh, Cal fresh and Medi-Cal. And in accordance with the state of California emergency order, and it gives the number you are being informed that COVID-19 <clears throat> testing is declared mandatory, mandatory for all members of your household. What? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So come on in for the test. Do you remember a couple of years ago? Again, you guys are a little bit behind the curve here. You're a little bit behind the curve. A couple of years ago, a law got passed in Australia. I'm sure you spoke about it. <clears throat> if you're like one of if you're part of like the anti-vax community, you would have spoken about it. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm definitely um a people should be allowed to decide for themselves guy i i'm a, I'm a skeptic of governments when they say we're going to force this needle into your arm and force you to take this substance then i'm like oh no I'm, I'm not a fan of that thank you very much no thank you and apparently now that makes me an anti-vaxxer who fucking knew but apparently that's the way that's the way the new game works here in 2020 you're, you're not in favour of the government pinning you down and pumping shit into your veins? What the hell is it? You must be one of these crazy conspiracy theorists, right? Whatever. So a law got passed here a couple of years ago where if you didn't vaccinate your children, then you wouldn't be allowed to receive any kind of government benefits, right? You wouldn't be allowed to receive any kind of welfare payments. You wouldn't be allowed to take your kids to childcare, for example. So it's a tricky one because... Um, like I'm obviously against all of those things to begin with and I'm against overspending in those areas but how much right do you have to refuse it if you're only living at the behest of the government do you see my point so it, for me it's a fine example when people talk about free healthcare and why free healthcare is so good I'm like okay if the government is paying for your healthcare do they have a right to tell you how to live your life and people go of course not they can't do that it's my body my choice and it's like okay they're paying for it. You see my point here? So if the government is paying your welfare checks, is paying for your rent, is paying for your food, like if you're not paying for your own health care, does the government have a right to tell you what you can and can't eat in order to keep you healthy? <laughs> you see my point? Which is great because then a lot of the people who are like, we need more welfare, more free health care, more spending, more spending, more government spending, then their mind starts to tick over and go, well, hang on. I should be in control of what I do with my daily life. I should be in control of what I put in my own body. And it's like, great. 
That's exactly the point. But if somebody else is footing the bill, arguably they have a right to tell you what you what you should put in your body because they're the one that has to pay for it when it goes wrong. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. coming. I'll see you in hell. So I'm definitely against uh, the government forcing people to take needles into their arm and pumping shit into their veins. But I'm also against uh, people taking all of the welfare benefits and then trying to tell the government what they should do. It doesn't work that way. So whatever. Um, if you don't want to take, if you don't want to take the vaccination that the government is trying to force on you, then make sure that you're not reliant on the government to exist. If that makes sense, make sure you do everything you can to make sure that you don't need them as much. Don't rely on them to keep you alive. And then you can't be forced into doing something that you don't want to be doing. Again, like it's the old thing. That's kind of like the slavery argument, right? If you rely on the government 100% to stay alive, then you really have no choice. You pretty much have to do what they tell you because otherwise they'll just stop keeping you alive. I know that sounds like bigotry. That sounds like heartlessness. That sounds like people like I don't have empathy or something to some people, but whatever. That's like when you boil it all down, when you take all the rhetoric out of it, that's the equation. If you rely on them, they can do what they want. If you don't need them, then they can't force you because they're not going to be able to take anything away from you in that respect. They can't take your welfare payments if you refuse the vaccine. So whatever. So this person uh, who wrote this, who received this letter, is receiving all of these government benefits. So I just thought I'd clear that up, put that in, the, you know, put that out there as a little caveat. It's like, well, you really, you know, you're kind of stuck here. <laughs> they're the one paying for your healthcare. So what the hell are you going to do, right? And if you don't come in for the COVID-19 test, whatever government program you're enjoying at the present time. Oh, really? Time. Uh, minopulent. Minopulent? Is that how you say it? Uh, just Googled. It's uh, The letter is fake, apparently. Oh, okay. Well, it, you could be right. I'll let it play a little bit. I'll, we'll leave that out there open on the table. I won't because I haven't had time to investigate whether the letter is real or not. Um, I know the press conferences that we played from the government employees who said that they're coming in to your home to remove you from your home if you have coronavirus, that, that was real. I know the video that we played of the Canadian police going into the guy's home to drag him away for mandatory testing in the hospital was also real. So, but I mean, a lot of this shit is out there. I'll agree with you there. So I don't know. Either way, so this one's up for you guys to decide. I'm not making a call on it. No more money. For it wouldn't surprise me if it's fake. You. Failure to obtain a test. Yeah, go ahead, and go ahead and read that. Yeah, failure to obtain a test by June 1st, 2020 will result in the temporary... See, why make a fake? Why, why, why do people make a fake when there's so many, when there's so much real stuff already out there, right? This really fucking annoys me too. If it is fake, I'll just say it. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Just say it is. Why? Do, there's so much real stuff. You don't need to make fake letters. When you make fake letters and it turns out that it's fake, you only um, ensure that all of the real stuff gets ignored. And maybe that's the point of it. Maybe people make fake letters to send in to shows like this so it can get read and then discredited a few days later. And then other people can say, well, all of the talk about people coming in to take you out of your home, it's all fake. When, of course, it's not, right? So let's play this one for you. This was fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see if somebody can prove that this one's a troll. <laughs> From the Parliament of New Zealand, the Government of New Zealand, ladies and gentlemen. 
Let's have a listen to this. This is the most anti-democratic piece of legislation being put before this parliament. I repeat it again, it is anti-democratic. It is against the values of this democracy, this parliament, our constitutional sovereignty. It is against the principles of law and ethics. This is a bill which effectively gives one person enormous powers. In this case, it could be the Minister of Health or the Prime Minister, I suspect primarily the latter, but in any constitutional democracy which puts enormous powers into the hands of one person is by definition not democratic at all. These powers, Madam Speaker, will impact on New Zealanders' daily lives in ways I suspect they can barely comprehend. Outlined in section 11, give one person the power to say to ordinary New Zealanders where they can stay, who they can see, how they can physically distance, where they can travel. The new normal rears its ugly head once again. <clears throat> Remember when we played the clip last week of the Californian health official saying that we will go into your home and we will decide who can stay in this home because we're trying to keep you safe. We're protecting you from coronavirus, right? We, we may have to remove you from your home and put you in, in like a different kind of situation. I said to you almost exactly, this is not just this one person. This conversation, these kinds of things are happening all over the Western world. It's just that we can't pay attention to all of it. These ideas are coming out everywhere. Canada, Australia, the UK, New Zealand, the United States, Western Europe. We're all doing the same thing. We're all going down the same path. We're all being funneled into the same version of new normal. And what makes it extra ridiculous is for all of the bluster and all of the hyperbole, we are effectively doing the exact same thing that China has done. From start to finish. China shut down their economy. China put people in lockdown. China quarantined people. China shut down businesses. China was dragging people out of their homes. China has the surveillance state. China has the, <clears throat> the app to track people as they move around their towns. China takes people's temperatures when they go into work. China has facial recognition software before you go into a government building. Now, what are we doing? We shut down our economies. We shut our businesses. We put people into lockdown. We're bringing out the surveillance state. We're using we're using actual legitimate Chinese fucking drones to police people. Like from China, from the Chinese fucking government. We're, in, we're putting into practice the idea that it's okay to send people into private homes and drag them out. We're sending riot police to the beach to break people up. We're doing the same thing that they've done. From start to finish, we are just copying them. And the conversation is, oh, we're different. We're so much different. <laughs> when, when are we going to act like it? <clears throat> it's one thing to say you are different. It's one thing to tweet things. It's one thing to say things. It's, it's a very different thing to actually be different, to actually be different. We're trying to keep you safe. 
how they can carry out specialist activities. One person alone will be able to dictate to Kiwis how they'll be isolated and quarantined. They will have the power to dictate to you your place, premise, craft, vehicles, even your animals, how we as Kiwis can operate. Yep. These powers like in China. are enormous and they are being concentrated <clears throat> in one hand. This bill enables... And look at all of the parliamentarians in New Zealand paying attention. <laughs> look at that. <coughs> if that's not a microcosm for what we were just saying, then nothing is. What is there? Five. There's five people in that chamber who aren't who aren't forced to be there, meaning like the person taking notes and the Speaker of the House. There are only five other people there. Look at all of those empty seats. They don't care. It's like when the US Senate the other day, ladies and gentlemen, we, we spoke about the story on Monday, remember? The Senate voted to increase the powers of the Patriot Act, granting them the right to... Uh, collect and archive your search history on the internet your individual you little citizen now as of you know a few days ago the senate voted to say okay all of your search history now belongs to us that that element of your privacy no longer exists and people say well they've been they've been keeping tags of the search history uh, history for a long time yeah the difference is now they've legalized it right now now they've made it legal now it's law it's a totally different argument because before people were doing unlawful surveillance. Now it's lawful surveillance. Now you're up shit creek without a paddle. And what was the problem when they passed this bill? Apparently the article stated that a whole bunch of representatives who would have voted against this, right? Who would have voted against this particular expansion of the Patriot Act just didn't even show up to the vote. Couldn't be bothered. An empty chamber. So when you, you know, again, we've spoken about it so much on this show. This is the black pill. This is the black pill. When you realise that if you're somebody who cares about freedom and privacy, exactly, make sure you search for rainbow flags and Bibles. I would, I would go a step further than that and say, have two tabs open at all times, how to bake a Christian cake and hot tranny porn. Make sure you have those two. Become untrackable. <laughs> Become confusing. Become chaotic. Just for fun. Why make it easy? Why make it easy for them? You know, I've said this on Twitter before. Like, the people who talk about, oh, I'm being targeted on Twitter. I'm being shadow banned. It's like, it's pretty easy. Um, just make sure that you follow a whole bunch of things like, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, blah, blah, blah. Follow as many Democrats as you do Republicans. You'll never be able to be typecast then. Even if you mute the accounts, just mute the accounts. Just follow them. Make sure that the, the accounts that you're following is like a nice even spread across the spectrum. Because then that's the way they figure you out, right? That's the way the algorithm gets you is they see the accounts that you follow and follow you. And if you're only following things like fucking the Gateway Pundit and Breitbart and similar websites, then they're going to say, okay, we know who this guy is. Bang, you're out of there. But if you keep a nice broad spectrum of the people you follow and uh, retweet and interact with, then you're going to be fine. But whatever, you don't have to do it. Just a little tip. So the black pill is realizing Ring that if you're somebody, thank you for the your cheese, man. Thank you for the resub, David. 
the black pill is realizing that if you're somebody who cares about privacy and cares about individual liberty and cares about freedom, you're in a tiny minority. <laughs> Politicians can make all the bluster they want about protecting you from stuff, but this picture here, this is the reality. They don't care. They will do what they want. They will pass the laws that they want. They don't care what you think. And in reality, unfortunately, most people agree. Most people either don't care or they agree with the surveillance state or they agree with the invasion of privacy. And if you're somebody who cares about privacy and individual freedom and stuff, <clears throat> you're in a teeny tiny little minority. And, you know, if you want more evidence of it, ask yourself this question. Do people care more right now about basic fundamentals like privacy and individual freedom and freedom of choice and individual liberty? Or do they care more about getting Donald Trump re-elected? Think about it. What's the, what's the primary focus here? If you're an American, most of my audience is American. Ask yourself this question. The, the, the content that you observe, the, the conversations that you have, what is the primary focus for people? Do they care more about preserving individual liberty and privacy and freedom and that stuff? Or is their primary concern how to get Donald Trump elected again? Is it how to preserve that stuff or is it how to win an election? Ask yourself, be honest. What's your focus? Do you care more about the things that you say you care about or are you really just trying to help somebody win an election? Gary Vance says they are the same thing right now. They're not. They're not the same thing, Gary. Late last year, Donald Trump signed an extension of the Patriot Act. So straight away, it's not the same thing. If you are against the Patriot Act, right, which I suspect most people in that kind of freedom-loving uh, individual liberty privacy mold are, then you can't say that um, trying to win an election for the guy who agreed to extend the Patriot Act is the same thing as protecting privacy and individual freedom because it's objectively false. Now, you can say that the other guys are worse than this guy. Fair enough. That's not the conversation I'm having. That's not the, that's not the argument. Right? It's two totally different things. What's the focus of people? What's the focus of people in the commentariat? Like, ask, do it this way. This will make it easier. If you're a Republican, ask this of Democrats. Is your focus protecting people or is your focus trying to remove Donald Trump from office? It's the same thing, right? It's the same question. Because I suspect a lot of people who would say that protect, uh, fighting for individual freedom and fighting for liberty is the same thing as getting Donald Trump elected when the the inverse question is asked when the opposite question is asked okay are democrats trying to fight for the rights of people protect people or remove donald trump they would say oh no they're trying to remove donald trump it's two totally different things that's my suspicion 
because they might say, oh, it's the same thing. We're trying to protect people. But what is like the core motivation? Ask yourself that question. Because when that extension of the Patriot Act went across Donald Trump's desk, he signed it. He wasn't protecting individual freedom and privacy in that moment. But whatever. Whatever. Uh, let's have a look at this. One more from our good friends in New Zealand, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so you're not going to allow me to shop into this place unless I give you my name and my details. Is yes. That so what Animates has asked us to do is in line with the... Okay, now that store, I know that store because we have that chain here. That's a pet barn. That's a pet barn right there. That's where you buy dog food, cat food, <laughs> goldfish, dog toys. That's where you buy all of that stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> he's not being allowed to buy dog food. He's not being allowed to buy dog food unless he hands over his personal details. Fish toys. <laughs> Why? We're keeping you safe. We're protecting you. We're protecting you from coronavirus. I had a similar experience last week. Um, I was out with the Lady Boogie. We went to buy... Lady Boogie a pair of sunglasses after the dog ate her her sunglasses, destroyed them. So we went to a store. We made our selection. We went up to the counter and the woman's like, okay, I need to get your details. And I looked at my wife and I said, no. <laughs> and she said, no, I'm not giving you my details. And the woman said, well, I need your details so I can process, process the sale. And my wife said to this woman who was working there, so she said, no, no, no. I give you the money, you give me the bag and the receipt. That's how it works. And a woman said, I'm sorry, I can't put the sale through unless I get your personal information. And the wife said, looked at her and said, do you want my fucking money or not? <laughs> and she, the woman said, I, I'm sorry, I can't do it unless we get your personal information. And I said, we're going to walk out. We're not, then we're not buying the shit. We're going to walk out of here then. And the, the woman working there started looking at us like, we're the assholes. And she threw her hands up in the air and goes, oh, oh, such a hassle. Such a hassle when people refuse to hand over their personal details in a store where they're not required to. So we left the fucking bag on the counter and we walked out. Moral of the story is it worked out. We found the same product at a different sunglass shop in the same center and got it for cheaper. Got them, got them cheaper. Walk past the shop on your way out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, money. You don't get no money today. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> so everything works out well in the end. So this is the new normal in New Zealand. You have to go in, in order to shop at a store. Look at, look at the fucking clipboard here. It's like signing a guest book to go and take the White House tour. Have a look at this. Here's your name. Here's your address. Here's your phone number. Give us your fucking email address. Just in case, we need you on record, sir. So you're not going to allow me to shop into this place unless I give you my name and my details, is that correct? So what Animates has asked us to do is in line with the um, MPI, which is what the government is asking us to do. So they're asking all stores to contact Trace mm -hmm. where possible. So what we're doing is we're taking a name and a number. Michelle, can I just borrow you for a sec? Uh, <sighs> come, and, come and help me out of this. Michelle, boss, boss. 
we have somebody who's a little bit of a troublemaker here. Somebody wants to give us money, but doesn't want to hand over his personal details at this store. Michelle, can you come over here and deal with this troublesome individual, please? Can you come and help us deal with this guy? <clears throat> two on one. She wants to play two on one. She wants to play a zone defense. Um, so we're taking just a name and a number so that we can give him content. We're just taking a name and a number. Okay. My name is Boogie Bumper and my number is 0055. Go fuck yourself. How about that? You like that? That's my number. Try it. Try and call it right now. Try and call it right now. <laughs> I'm not lying. There it is. It's 1-800-GO-EAT-YOUR-OWN-SHIT. How about that? With anybody who could come in contact with the bike. Look, look, what is this? The muscle standing... <laughs> the muscle standing behind her? <laughs> okay, so you're refusing my, um, my ability to come in here and purchase something. It is the safety of the staff and it's the safety of... Uh, how many how many hours do we devote on this show to people we did it with the we did it with the fucking video of the health worker going into the guy's house in Canada they nobody talks straight anymore they are brainwashing themselves these are pre-programmed pc responses to very simple questions stop lying to people Stop lying to people. Enough. Listen to it. Listen to it. So you're refu just be honest with the guy. He goes, so you're refusing me going in here to buy something unless I give you my personal details. He doesn't get a yes answer. That should be the answer. Yes, that's what we're doing. No, instead, it's about protecting the safety of our staff and our customers. We're protecting people. Fucking shut up. Enough. I said it before and I'll say it again. English is a fine language. Stop raping it. Remember the, remember the woman who worked for the health department going into the guy's home in Canada? She said, what we're doing here is asking for your cooperation. When that was a lie, she had a piece of paper in her hand that said, drag this guy out of his home and take him to hospital. So she wasn't asking for cooperation. She was there to enforce compliance. They are two totally different things. You're not asking me. If you ask me, I have a choice to say no. You're telling me I don't have a choice, that I have to come to you, that I have to go with you. All these guys are going to wrestle me to the ground and fucking drag me out. Right? Two totally different things. So this guy is like, okay, he's listening to this bullshit spiel about, oh, the coronavirus. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, look, just give it to me straight. Are you saying that I can't come in here and buy stuff unless I give you my details? And instead of just getting a simple fucking yes answer, which would solve the problem, because then it's like, yes, okay, we'll see you later. Done. No. You have to get the bullshit answer. Oh, it's about protecting. We're protecting our staff. We're protecting people. Shut up. Anybody who could come in contact with the virus. Okay, okay so you're refusing my um, my ability to come in here and purchase something. You know why you get the bullshit answers with stuff like this? Because reality is offensive now. Like this is this is the work. This is the fucking scam right here in a nutshell. They are creating a reality, but trying to tell you that it's something else. 
what's the reality of this situation? He's being banned from going in the store because he refuses to give over his fucking name and address and phone number. That's what's happening. What's the reality they want people to believe? That we're protecting people from a virus. That's See the two conflicting fucking worldviews here? <laughs> nice comment from Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. Thank you so much. When will Corona tell us how it'll save us from the fucking government? Exactly. So they're, they're inventing a reality that you have to believe in. You have to believe it to be true. When the objective reality right in front of your eyes is anything but what they're saying. Evil Ian, it's the definition of doublespeak from 1985. It is the safety of the staff. 1984. Safety of all the customers that we need to have this register. So without that, you can shop online with us, but unfortunately you will not be able to shop in the shop today. So you're refusing my ability to be able to purchase something unless I give my personal details. Is that right? Sir. Is that right? This is what the Just, FBI It's a yes or no question. So you're refusing my ability to be able to purchase something. Just say something yes, sweetheart. Just say yes and this goes a lot is quicker. Correct? If that's, if, if that's how you're understanding what I'm saying. If that's how you're understanding. People like this really annoy me. I'm sorry, what do you mean if that's how I'm understanding it? Yes or no? Okay, if that's how I'm understanding. Okay, well, my understanding is that you can't stop me from coming in here and buying stuff. So I'm just going to go and grab my shit now and then see what they do. Oh, sir, you can't come in here unless you fill out the thing. So what the fuck are we talking about here then? Oh, man. It's (laughs) so frustrating. Just give me a straight answer. Yes or no. She doesn't, she, see, follow Q saying, wow, she's trained well, but that's the problem. She's too trained. She's too trained. This isn't good now. They think it's good because they've been given these lines and this is how you diffuse people and tell people it's all about their safety and their stuff. That's not going to work for much longer, I think. I sense that there's a growing number of people who are collectively, even if, the, even, it's, it's, it's like, I'm loath to use a Matrix reference, right? But in this, on this occasion, I think it's apt. There's a moment in the Matrix where Morpheus is tied down and he's getting the fucking truth serum in- injected into him. And the agent, Agent Smith, says to him, the first version of the Matrix was a utopia, right? It was a utopia designed to give humans everything they want, to tell them what they want to hear, okay? And it, was, it was a perfect utopia. Everyone lived in happiness. It failed miserably. Because your primitive brain couldn't accept it as reality, right? Whole crops were lost. He's like, that's when we discovered that you, your existence is defined by suffering. Without suffering, you, you, it, the world doesn't make sense to you. I, this, this kind of programmed PR speak, PC, it's just a pet store. It's a, Liz, it's a microcosm for everything else. Exactly. It's just a pet store. I get what you mean. It's just a pet store, right? He should be allowed to just go in there and buy what he wants. They're acting like it's a government department. They're acting like it's saving the fucking world. But it's not. It's just a pet store. That shows you how deep the rot has got. That shows you how deep into the wood 
the fucking termites have infested. We're now talking about people who earn like $10 an hour working at a fucking pet store at a casual job now speak like PR representatives from the government. That's the part that, that's concerning. The average blue-collar person working in retail is now programmed with the same kind of brain cancer that you would expect from bureaucrats. Desert Cat with a diamond says, you need a home office and IT team to, host, to toast a bagel. <laughs> They're now speaking with the same programmed speak that you would expect from government employees, from, from, from fucking politicians themselves. It's the same words coming out of different mouths. Yeah. Is that right? This is what the Just, It's a yes or no question. So you're refusing my ability to be able to purchase something because I won't give you my details. Is that correct? If that's how you're understanding what I'm saying. Is that what you're... If that's how you're understanding what I'm saying. Do you understand what you're saying would be my next question. Do you understand what you're saying? I don't think you do. <laughs> I think you're just repeating what you've been told to say. It's two totally different things. Is that what you're telling me? So am I, okay, let me ask you, am I allowed to go in here and purchase something without giving you my name and details? At this stage, at level two. No, so you're... Again, at this stage, just say no! Breaching my... Do you realise you're in breach of my private, my um, privacy act? You you're in breach of the privacy act by refusing me to allow to come in here and buy. Look at the look on her face, a fucking tawdy bitch. Something you and and making me give my details. You're in breach of my privacy. Do you understand? <laughs> good, good comment in the chat from Gypsy. You need ID to buy pet food, but not vote. <laughs> that. Exactly. Where you're coming from? Is, is this your? Is this your? Someone higher up the ladder? Is it? No. She's another worker that. She's muscle. Works here, and we are protecting our staff and our customers. We're protecting our staff and our customers by taking your name, your address, and your fucking phone number. How do you like that, huh? <clears throat> yes. Privacy, ladies and gentlemen, in the new normal is anti-safety. You see, if you want some kind of privacy. If you feel like your personal information belongs to you and not the good people down at fucking Pet Barn, then you're the problem. You're the dangerous one. The people shifting what privacy means and shifting what individual freedom means into some kind of manipulated, disgusting new definition, they're not the dangerous ones at all. The people who unthinkingly repeat government propaganda for $10 an hour at the local supermarket, they're not the problem. The drones who have lost the ability to speak in straight and simple terms are not the problem. No, no, no. The problem is you. You, my man. You guy. You guy who thinks you have a right to not hand over personal details whenever you're prompted to. You're the problem. You're the dangerous one. You're the sicko. Because can't you see? Everybody else here doesn't have a problem with it. Everyone else here in the store just handed over their details. I guess you must be one of these crazy, whacked-out, far-right conspiracy theorists. You sound like a troublemaker, sir. Are you saying that I can't come into the store unless I give you my personal details? If that's the way you want to hear it. Well, can I? 
It's about keeping people safe. <laughs> I just want to come in and buy some dog food. Can I do that? Yeah, sure. You just have to fill out this book, tell us your name, your phone number and your address. But I don't want to do that. Can I still come in? Well, we're protecting people here. Is that a no? If that's the way you want to look at it. <laughs> you really do get the feeling like everyone else is going mad and to be the last remaining sane person on earth must be more insane than just going along with the crowd at this point. You know what I mean? Like if you're the sane one in a room of lunatics, doesn't that make you, wouldn't you eventually just go crazy? I think that's the way it works, right? To be the one sane person in a room of lunatics must be, must send you mad. <laughs> That's it, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition. We went a little overtime tonight, so thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for your patience. Uh, that's all I've got for you tonight, this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Coffee Talk with Sandra with a diamond. <coughs> Here is to sanity. Make the most of it while you still can, because I think it's going to be in short supply very, very, very soon. So if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to follow our friends, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, Why Censored, UK Neil, Winning TV, uh, Joy of Pessy, JJ Stoner, Sunday Night Shit Show, Major Tom, uh, who else? No Nightwave tonight, but uh, Royce Lopez will be back tomorrow morning with uh, Daywave at 10 a.m., uh, JJ Stoner at midday, Revenge of the Sis at 4 and I won't be on tomorrow, but I'll be back on Friday night if you feel like joining us Friday night, 6 p.m. for another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to everybody who contributed tonight on DLive. I'm opening the chest right now. Uh, until then, until Friday night, stay calm. Oh, sorry, pardon me. Thursday night, of course, Kimmy's back. Uh, Thursday night, you can follow Kimmy, Y-Censored, DLive.tv slash Y-Censored. Kimmy will be doing a show, I assume. Uh, it probably won't start on time, but that's okay. That's kind of the norm. Sorry, Kim. <laughs> Sorry, mate. All right. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.